0: Good morning. It is so good to have you at Central Church today. If you haven't already passed those friendship registers, you can do that. And also another announcement today is the first day that we're giving out these journals in the summer. We're going to be in the book of John. These journals are just the book of John where you can read on one side and take notes on the other. And so they're free. Just pick them up back there at the uh, information desk. If you're joining us online and you want one, just let us know. We'll send you one. And so, so we want everyone to have one, husband and wife. So all summer long, we'll be reading through and preaching through the book of John. And so pick up one of these on your way out today. It's the first day you get it. We'll start on Memorial Day weekend when we're doing outdoors, and we'll end on Labor Day weekend when we'll also be outdoors, all in the book of John. All right, I think that's the announcements. Happy Mother's Day! I know that it's Mother's Day because the only Sunday of the year that I wear a tie is Mother's Day because my mom, she didn't think a preacher could preach unless they're wearing a tie. She's in heaven now, been there for eight years. I don't really think she cares if I'm wearing a tie or not, but I still always wear a tie on mother's day all right we're in this series called odd man in rather than odd man out is the cliche but we're saying that in jesus he welcomes all of us for god so loved the world he loves every one of us and rather than excluding or pushing us out as the cliche might say he welcomes us in Sometimes in society, even in the church, in our families, in whatever, they they may push us out. We may feel like the fifth wheel or the odd person around or whatever it may be, but Jesus instead welcomes us in. And so we've started this series a couple weeks ago. Pastor Amanda began the Sunday after Easter, and she talked about doubts. And she used, she powder puff. Uh, powder, 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 baby powder. That's what it was. Baby powder, Thomas. Ah, I keep getting it wrong. Baby powder, doubting Thomas and saying, instead of pushing him away, the disciples and eventually Jesus, the next Sunday came and welcomed him in, doubting Thomas. We said that you, don't, you can have your doubts in church. You don't have to check your brains at the door. You can ask questions. Jesus welcomes us in, in those periods even of doubt. Last week we talked about mental wellness. And we talked about how good Christians, it used to be, it used to be in the church. How you you wouldn't talk about, if you experienced depression or anxiety or panic attacks or deep loneliness or extended grief. That wasn't something you were supposed to talk about in church. Good Christians don't experience those things. <laughs> we said that's simply not true. The good Christians Good Christians can experience depression and deep grief and mental illness. And Jesus doesn't push you away. Jesus welcomes you in. And we said in the church, church of all places, for crying out loud, in the church, I think Pastor Amanda's key word was, which we used again last week, was together. We're in this together. We're called to bear one another's burdens together. We're to help each other together. That's the call of the church and so last week we dealt with that issue this week we're going to deal with another one closely related actually with with mental wellness in many ways it's the wounded we're talking about the wounded today the passage we're going to begin with is in luke chapter 24 when jesus comes again that that first easter sunday jesus comes to the disciples that evening before we get there let me tell you a story when i was here's pastoring 101 If you ever wanted to be a pastor, here's some of the things they don't teach you in seminary. And one of the things they didn't teach me in seminary, I must have missed this day in seminary, maybe they taught it and I just wasn't there, was on hospital visits, sometimes you see more of your parishioners than you care to see. And sometimes I'll go and I'll knock on the door before entering into a hospital room and they'll say, come in. And I'll knock on the door and say, this is Pastor Rob. And they'll still say, come in. And I'll say, knock on the door. This is Pastor Rob, come in. Are you sure? Yes, come in. And I've gone in and sometimes I shouldn't have gone in. I've seen more of people that I, I can't even share on Sunday mornings what I've seen in hospital rooms. Uh, but one, 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 one of the most memorable times in the hospital, my, maybe my worst, one of my worst hospital visits was when I went, this is probably 20 years ago now, I went to a, a hospital, it was a terrible situation. A lady was going to have part of her foot amputated. She had severe diabetes. And she was gonna have part of her foot amputated and she asked if I'd come and pray with her before this radical surgery. And so I did, I went there. And, and uh, her foot, I, I don't know how to describe this in polite company. I was in there, the doctor came in. Now, what's gonna happen later, I'll tell you the end of the story before, her foot was so nasty, and she was at a foot specialty hospital that they were taking pictures of her foot. Doctors were right down by her foot taking pictures and submitting it to a a medical journal. It was that bad. So the doctor comes in, sees me there, asks me who I am, I'm the pastor. He says, you probably shouldn't stay for, for this. I said, okay, that's all I need to hear. You shouldn't say, okay, I'm ready to go. I started to walk out, and the dear sweet lady, she is from down south, dear sweet lady said, oh, it's all right, my pastor can stay. He'd love to stay with me, wouldn't you, pastor? I didn't want to stay, I didn't want to stay, I didn't want to stay, okay, I'm here, yeah, sure. And so he goes, okay, and he took the sheet off of, of, of her foot where it was. Now, you wouldn't think that a bed sheet a bed sheet alone, it wasn't like a special sheet, it was just a regular sheet. You wouldn't think that a bed sheet would contain the odor that, that, that was under that sheet, but it did not. And he took, he, took the, he, it did, he took the sheet off and that room instantly, I mean instantly, filled with the most foul, awful, horrible uh, stench that, I have, that has ever whiffed through my nose. I, I mean, I started tearing up. I thought, don't pass out, don't pass out, don't pass out. Don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. (sighs) it was horrible. Why in the world am I sharing this with you? Sometimes I think we like to keep our wounds hidden. And I'm not talking about a gangrene foot. I'm, I'm talking about sometimes we like to keep our, we don't like to share them. We've been taught through one form or another, don't, you know, we can't share, we can't share those. We gotta keep those to ourselves, we can't. We can't let people know that we're going through this. We've gotta have a stiff upper lip. Don't, don't let others know. We're talking about wounds this morning. Pastor, it's Mother's Day. You're supposed to you know give out chocolates and, 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 and give them roses and, and send the moms on their way. Ugh. Maybe the best thing I can do for moms and non-moms alike is to say there is, there is healing for wounded hearts. That chocolate doesn't cover up and a rose will fade away, but I want you to know there is healing for your wounded heart today, whether you're a mom or not. That's what we're talking about. Here's the, and maybe, maybe well, let me, let me, maybe your wounds is from, uh, maybe it's from your parents, or maybe your wounded heart is from your kids. Maybe, this is what we really don't talk about in church, Maybe your wounded heart is from church. People you thought you could trust proved to be untrustworthy. People who even in the church have done horrible, evil, terrible things. Maybe you're wounded, maybe you are here. Maybe you're at our church because of wounds from another church. Maybe I've known, if I were to list, I could could list for you, um, you know, we just had Alicia pray. What a beautiful Mother's Day prayer. That's probably about the best Mother's Day prayer I ever heard. She's a preacher's kid. Her daddy is a pastor in California. Her brother's also a pastor. You know, I got two preacher's kids of my own, and my heart goes out to. I could list for you preacher's kids, preacher's kids, preacher's kids who are away from, walked away from the church. Usually because of one of two things: either, either their preacher parent wasn't uh, was one way in church and another way at home. That's happened. But more times than not, that that, that that preacher's kid saw how the church treated their their preacher parent. And they said, if that's the way church people are, I want nothing to do with them. Now the goal is, you know, Alicia. And I think, I guess I have a heart for that. You know, last Sunday in the second service, we dedicated little Audra Sauer and Pastor Tyler and, and Lauren's, precious baby daughter and our preacher's kids here let me just this is just an add-on to the sermon our preacher's kids need to know that their church loves them it is your job church to let our preacher's kids know that they are cared for That church is a good place it is it is on partly on you it's on parents to live the same way at home as they do in church but it's also on you you need to be, this is, okay, I got a little bit of time. I'll tell you this. You need to be like, uh, Ben, Ben, uh, my son Ben at one point thought that he was called into ministry. And, you know, I try, anybody who's called into ministry, generally I try to talk them out of it. And, and, then, and then, you know, if God really calls them, then I figure, you know, I can't talk them out of it, and they're really called. And so I did my best to talk Ben out of it. Um, and I said, Ben, what if you go to, to a mean church? And this is what Ben said. Are there, are there mean churches? Because he'd only been in good churches where people loved us and cared for us and he thought that's the way every single church was. And I'm so thankful for, for the churches where I've been that treated my boys so well and loved them so well. And you're doing great. I, don't, don't hear this and say you're doing bad. You're doing great, but keep it up. I guess that's the point. All right, we're talking, here's the spoiler alert for this sermon. We're talking about wounds today. The spoiler alert is this. Don't waste your wounds. Every single person has some wounds in their life. All of us. Don't waste it. Don't let it just sit there. Don't keep it, don't waste it. All right, we we got to get to the Bible passage. It's Luke 24. The disciples, the disciples it's Easter night. Generally we think of Easter, it's a wonderful thing. You know, we have ham dinners and egg hunts and, and 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 baskets and all the rest. It's great, great, great. Not so for the disciples on that first Easter, right? They're behind locked doors. They're afraid for their lives. They don't know what's going on. They've heard these crazy stories. Peter and John, ladies came back and said the tomb was empty. They saw some angels. A couple of the disciples were on the road to 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 Emmaus going to the Emmaus McDonald's because the ice cream machine was broken in their town. And so they're going there to get some, you know, and they meet Jesus, of all things. They meet Jesus, and they come back, and they start saying, we just saw Jesus on the way to the Emmaus McDonald's. Verse 36, while they were still talking about this, man, I wish they would fix the ice cream machine here. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said what you'd expect Jesus to say, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, this is one of the craziest things that Jesus ever said to anybody. You ready? Why are you troubled? Jesus, are you kidding me? Why are we troubled? We thought you were dead. We're behind the locked door. We don't know where uh, baby powder uh, uh, Thomas is. Uh, Why are we troubled? we got a million reasons to be troubled. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? Oh, man, resurrections make you hungry. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, This is what I told you. And while I, while I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law and Moses and prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened the minds of them so they understood scripture. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of these things. I'm gonna send what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Woo! happy Easter. Here's what's strange about this story in my mind. Jesus is, shows up behind these locked doors, doesn't use the key, doesn't come through the door, just shows up. They're startled. They don't know what in the world's going on. And Jesus, in attempt to prove to them that he's uh, real, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, doesn't do what, probably what, what most of us would do in that situation. We would we would remind them, we would reminisce about a good old memory, or maybe even a bad memory. We would reminisce, we'd say, listen, only you and I know this, and this is what happened. Like, Like to Peter, he could have said, Peter, it's me, Jesus. Remember, you were in the courtyard. I was at Caiaphas' house. You denied me three times, just like I told you, and the rooster crowed, and when the rooster crowed, you looked at me, I looked at you, because behind me was this you know, Roman centurion. He was big and ugly, had a big scar, and on the other side was another Roman centurion, and he was shorter, and remember him, Peter? We were there together, remember, remember? Could have shared a memory, but he didn't share a memory. What he did, what he did, he showed them his scars, his wounds. The very thing that we try to hide is what Jesus did. Now, I, I, I suppose there's plenty of reasons why we, why we hide our scars and wounds. We don't, we don't wanna uh, relive some of those past memories. We don't wanna burden others with our wounds and our troubles, I get that. We don't wanna be the object of, of gossip. Maybe it's too painful what you're going through, but we need to get to a place where we can share our wounds. Now listen, when I say that, I don't want anyone coming up to me after the service and say, pastor, look at my scar when they took out my spleen. Ah, I don't want that, thank you very much. But too often, I think we try to hide them. Jesus, it seems without hesitation, used his wounds as a source of healing and help. We, we hide them away. We, we pretend they don't exist. Maybe it's our theology. We, we think, you know, good Christians, they don't have wounds. Good Christians get over it. Good Christians don't deal with stuff like that. What's the lesson for today? Don't waste your wounds. Here's the deal. The odd man in sermon series, right? We need to have a space where wounded folks can come, where wounded people can find healing, where wounded people can know that, that it, their wounds did not need to be a source of shame, but rather can be a source of healing and help. That's the kind of community we need to be. Henry Nouwen was a Catholic priest. He taught at Harvard and Yale. At the end of his life, he, he dealt with the you know, severely disabled. And toward the end of his life, he wrote this, nobody escapes being wounded. That's what I said earlier, we all have wounds. We are all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. The main question is not how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed, but how can we put our woundedness in the service of others? When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and a source of healing, we have become wounded healers. That's what we need to be. A community of wounded healers where folks can know that that they can come it's a safe place it's a caring place it's a loving place where we don't have to hide but we can we can be real and open and honest just like Jesus there's a great example of this and you know this guy he's in the bible in fact he's he wrote 13 books in your bible the apostle Paul Super missionary Paul, the greatest uh, uh, theological thinker of the first century, the apostle Paul. I mean, super missionary, super theologian, super apostle Paul, who also tells us in 2 Corinthians 12 he had a thorn in his flesh. I don't know what kind of thorn in the flesh. Bible scholars have debated what was his thorn in his flesh. Maybe it was malaria, maybe it was blindness, maybe it was sickness of one sort or another. I don't know. I'm glad he, kinda, I'm glad he doesn't spell it out because using this blanket term "thorn in his flesh," that can mean that we can relate to our thorns in our flesh. What's your wound? Remember, don't waste your wound. What's your wound? I tell you, if you've been around here long enough, you know you know my wounds. I deal with migraines. Uh, I had a brain hemorrhage well, now fifteen years ago almost. And and since then I deal with migraines. I go tomorrow to my neurologist. I get thirty shots in my head tomorrow. Yahoo! Can't wait for that. Um, I give myself a monthly injection. I take daily pills. When I have a super bad migraine, I take one drug. Doesn't work. Another drug doesn't work. Another drug doesn't work. Then I give myself another injection of a different drug. That's 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 my thorn in my flesh. What's yours? This is what Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I hope the Lord doesn't give me these migraines to keep me from being conceited. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times he pleaded, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Can I be honest with you? I pleaded with the Lord dealing with my migraines far more than three times, a thousand times. I don't know how many times. How many days is it from, from December 20th 2007 to today. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Nate, that's what your choir just sang. That's what we all sang. His grace is enough. Isn't that what that's saying? In my weakness, in my woundedness, in my troubles, in my worries, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sakes, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's what Paul is saying. He begged three times. He didn't like it. Whatever that thorn in his flesh was, he didn't like it. He pleaded three times for God to take it. Again, remember who we're talking about here. This is super apostle Paul. <laughs> You would think that if anybody on the planet would have almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing all God say, wow, you're right, Paul. I forgot about that thorn in your flesh. You've written 13 books in your New Testament. Of course, of course, I'm going to heal you. Of course, I'm going to take care of that. Of course, I mean, for all the things that you've done, sure, no problem, buddy. But God said no. No. No, oh, Paul, what's your thorn? What's the, the wound that you brought in with you today? What's that worry? What's that situation? What's that circumstance that is deep in your bones that has caused you such grief and worry. Imagine if you took that, that situation that sickness, that problem, that worry, that burden, and plugged it into what Paul wrote. I was given, verse eight, my, verse seven, migraines, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times, 3,000 times, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in migraines. My power is made perfect in cancer. My power is made perfect in divorce. My power is made perfect in wayward kids. My power is made perfect in depression and loneliness. Plug in your wound. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my situation, about my problem, about my burden, about that wound that I brought. I will boast all the more gladly so that Christ's power may rest on me. Can you get there? That's for Christ's sakes, I delight in weakness. Pastor, I am not there. I am not boasting gladly, and I am not delighting in my wounds. Sorry, that's why he's super apostle Paul, and that's why I'm lousy disciple Rob. You know, I think Paul learned a lesson. I think he learned that, you know, when everything's great, when everything is terrific, when things are just, you know, rolling along, really, really good, it's easy to kind of take credit for that. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty special. But when you're burdened down, when you have a wound deep in your soul that you can't, you've pleaded three times, 3,000 times, what do you do? There's only one thing you can do. You have to cling to the Lord. You have to go to him and seek him. That's, that's, that's what we do. Because that's when God gets the Glory. When we cling to Him, that's when God. Listen, should our all knowing, all powerful, all loving God choose not to heal your wound? Okay? Three times I pleaded. Then that means that God's going to use that weakness, that wound, that situation for His glory. That's what He's saying here. Pastor, you don't understand. My wound is huge no, you don't understand. Your God is huge. Don't waste your wound. Listen, this is not a new message that I'm preaching to you today. This is an old message. In fact, this may be one of the first lessons you learned in Sunday school, in preschool, you learned this lesson. You know it. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Wounded ones to him belong. Divorced ones to him belong. Migraine sufferers to him belong. Cancer fighters to him belong. Grief stricken people to him belong. Little ones to him belong. He is weak. I am weak. But he is what? Strong. And then what's the chorus? Yes, Jesus loves me. In my weakness, in my woundedness, in my struggles, yes, Jesus loves me. In my worries, in my wounds, yes, Jesus loves me. When my family, I don't know where they're at. Maybe they've abandoned me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I am weak but he is strong you know that lesson listen it seems to me that God has a couple of options in dealing with your wounds he can heal it he can heal it just like that or he can use it for his glory Pastor, I'm not, where, I'm not where Paul was. I can't, I can't delight in it. I can't take joy in it. When I have hardships and worries, I don't delight in that, Pastor. I get it. Oh, believe me, I get it. Can I offer this? Can you, can you take it to the Lord? Pastor, I've taken it to the Lord a hundred times, thousand. Paul says three times, a thousand times. <sighs> can you take it to the Lord another time? Can you pray prayer like, Jesus, I, the wound is so deep. I need you. I'm not. I. I, I can't get to the, I'm not at the spot where I delight in it. I'm not at the spot where I. Listen, but Lord, I'm open to you using it. I'm open to you working in my life. And if others may get glory out of my, my wound, if others might be encouraged because of my wound, if others might be strengthened because of some of the experiences that I've had, if others can, can, can see that they're not alone because I'm sharing with them the love of Jesus Christ, then use it, Lord. I don't want to waste my wound. I want you to use it. Could you pray that prayer? Now, if you've gathered today and you've got a wound so deep, and maybe you haven't even shared it with anybody, but it's there and it's real. And if your wounded heart needs to be refreshed, can I encourage you? I know it's going to be a little awkward because they're going to be singing and you're going to be listening. Could I encourage you to come and just bring it to Jesus just one more time? Seek the Lord. And if you need, if you need to pray, by all means. You can come and pray.